Okay, I'm going to talk to you this morning. Uh, the subject this morning is giving. Okay, now it's getting close to Christmas, it's the time for giving, isn't it? But, you know, to really understand giving, you know, is, is, is something I just, you know, the Lord's really touched me. He's really spoken to me and I just want to share with you some of those things that he's really spoken to me about giving. Uh, <clears throat> I want to challenge you this morning a little bit. When I'm talking about giving, it's a real tough one, giving, isn't it? How much do you give? What do you give? Who do you give to? Very good, yes, indeed. But how much freedom do you really have in your giving? Do you have absolute liberty with everything that you have? <laughs> or is it, is it locked down in some way? Are there some things that you can't give? And if you look in your heart this morning, I don't know what you'll find, but there might be some things that you're saying to the Lord, that's off limits. I can't give that. I'm not willing to give that. You know, giving can, be, can feel like it's always a really difficult decision. There's lots of factors to consider, isn't there? Can I afford to give? How much will I have left after I give? Do they deserve me to give this to them? What will people think of me if I give or don't give? Do I need to? Do they need it? What will they do with it? Will they waste it? Will they reciprocate? Is this just one-way traffic? Will they acknowledge it? Will they care? I've got family to look after. There's a lot of questions that we ask ourselves and we can attach to our giving. Okay? <clears throat> and what, what, why, what, why I want you to get to a place this morning, we've been talking about freedom in our worship. You know, the Lord's been speaking. And that's the place that I want us to come to in our own hearts is absolute freedom in giving. Amen? You know, and, and, and uh, studying the scriptures, you'll see that Jesus, <clears throat> if you do a basic study, what you'll see is that Jesus is frivolous. It almost feels like rash, unconsidered, quite frankly, a bad administrator. He puts Judas in charge of the money and he's stealing. Clearly not adhering to the safeguarding policy, was he? Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> but Jesus didn't really operate on that sort of level at all. All those questions that I ask to Jesus, completely irrelevant. And to you, they could be absolutely irrelevant. You could be free of them, every single one of those in Jesus Christ. Uh, and I want to maybe, <clears throat> maybe you'll say, well, well, it's not really fair, you know, because Jesus is Jesus. <laughs> He's the son of God. And plus, it, he didn't have a family. Well, actually, when we look at it, Jesus had more responsibility than all of us. He did have a family. In fact, we're, we're reasonably sure that Joseph 
By the time Jesus was a grown man, Joseph was, was probably dead. Okay? So he had a mum to look after. He had younger brothers to look after. He was the oldest. He had responsibility. Yeah, he abandoned a lot of them. It seems, at first glance. He had responsibility. He goes, oh, Jesus, he was just wandering around. He didn't have a mortgage. No, but he did have disciples to look after. He had 12 of them. He had 72 to send out. And yet we see that Jesus, all these trappings and questions, they're, they're, they're available to, to attach onto your heart and, and, and really, like a weights, drag you down and steal your freedom in the area of giving. Uh, and I just... Uh, I, I hope to encourage you this morning that you can be free. You can be free to be so generous. Do you want liberty despite your apparent lack? Do you want liberty despite your circumstances? Do you want liberty in giving despite your responsibility? Well, it's available and you can have it. Now, I want to say this to you. Jesus lives in you. If you've been born again, Jesus lives in you. That liberty lives in you. Now, you might not be operating it, but it lives in you. The church, we're the body of Christ. We're the embodiment of him on earth today. We have that liberty that he has in giving. Um, I, did, I did want to actually say, you know, um, uh, all the money that we give in the church, we have um, a team of trustees. Uh, if you're on the trustees, I'd like to stand up so everybody can see you. Who's a trustee? Because they don't really get much glory, is it? Yeah, look. Um, so let's give them a big round of applause. <laughs> These guys do a, a fantastic job for us. Um, not only do they administrate our money, uh, as a church, well, God's money. Not only do they administrate it really well, um, but also they have a responsibility to be spiritual people who make decisions about what we do with our money uh, and, and, and don't underestimate that responsibility. Uh, and really, guys, oh, what I want to say to you this morning uh, is you're not administrators. Um, <clears throat> you are priests of the offering. That's what you are. That's your role. Uh, and don't underestimate it. Now, we're talking about giving this morning. and uh, <clears throat> To really understand the heart of giving, I've got no, practi I've got no practical tips for you today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tim. I'm not particularly... I've got no practical tips for you this morning on giving. Because I've come to the conclusion that it's not relevant at all, practicality, when it comes to giving. Uh, God's really spoke to me through, uh, <clears throat> through a story in the Bible. So I'd like you to turn with me to Genesis 4, right to the start. Genesis 4, verse 1 to 16. I'm going to read it. I'm not a great reader. <clears throat> so you'll have to bear with me as I punctuate badly. 
Uh, Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel bought fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is, your, why is it your face is downcast? If you do what is right, you will not... If you, See, I told you. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? Listen to this. I don't know. (laughs) Am I my brother's keeper? Oh, the audacity of it, eh? I was thinking that one through and I was thinking if I was God, I would have dropped him dead right there. (laughs) He wouldn't have got another pace or another breath. The Lord said, What have you done? Listen to your... Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you're under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother, brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You'll be restless wanderer on the earth. So he doesn't kill him. In fact, God pours out grace. and Then Cain moans a bit to God about he's too harsh and says, everyone's going to kill me. God says, all right, I'll put a mark on you and make sure nobody kills you. Okay? Now, the bit that I want to focus on in this story is, is the offering. They, bought, they both bought an offering to God. And the one thing that I've started to understand more and more is that giving, it doesn't work. Giving doesn't work. Giving to other people doesn't work. Giving to the church doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Works a bit, I'm not saying it's useless, but what I'm saying is making an offering to God works. God can really, really use that. If you make an offering to God, it, it, it can be multiplied. And if you give out of your own self, it's worth nothing. Now let's have a look at this story, because to me, on, on first, first, uh, first pass, I looked at this and thought, hang on a minute, bit harsh God bit harsh you know Cain has come and he's bought uh, you know he works in he works in the fields he's a farmer he's come and he's bought the fruits of the field he's come and bought that um, and um, he was the first one to do it and then Abel's come and bought the fruits of of what he does he's a he's a um, 
What is he? He's a shepherd. So he's come and bought some of his flock. Okay? Now, I just want you to consider this for a second. Both men give equal amounts. Okay? I want you to think about when you're giving, we, we, we can, you know, this world is so measurable, isn't it? It's the most measurable ever. It's the most measurable it's ever been. You know, like I go cycling, right? And I can, uh, I, I can measure how fast I'm going, what my average speed is, what my total speed is, what my top speed was. I can measure, I can measure my cadence, how many times I spin right like that. I can measure my power. I can measure my heart rate. In this, and I can do it all on an app on my phone. You know, we live in a world where we love to measure things because then we can measure our success. We can measure whether we're any good or not. Uh, <clears throat> and I just want you to think for a minute. When you think about giving, when you think about an offering to God, how much you give, and this is, maybe this is pretty obvious to you, but God isn't looking at how much you give. It's not relevant. Both these men gave the same amount. And you know what? I used, to, I, I, I used to hold on to this belief, well, it's not about how much you give. It's about how much you have left after you give. And that used to be my theory on giving. So, well, it's, about, it's not about numbers, it's about percentages. That used to be my thinking. Does that make sense? So if you give 10%, or if you give 90%, and it doesn't matter, you know, and God's looking at how much you've got left, are you, really, are you really going the extra mile? And I used to think that that was the measurable. But we look at these two men, and they've both given an equal portion, and they both have an equal portion left afterwards. So what's the difference? Why was God happy with one and not happy with the other? Well, there isn't much information in there that really speaks to why. And so I, I, I did a little bit of research and I just want to um, maybe bring out a little bit about um, their names. Okay, so Cain's name means to acquire. Does that make sense? To acquire, acquired, to, 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 to attain, to achieve and to accomplish. If you break it down, this is, this is what his name means. And this is the type of guy that he was. Okay? Cain comes to God in pride. God, I'm going to give you out of my accomplishments. I'm going to give you out of my portion. I'm coming. I'm giving to you. Now you owe me. Looking for a transaction. He's trying to buy some righteousness, and you know you can't buy it. He's trying to stand on his own two feet. He's trying to meet the requirements. That's what he's trying to do. What does Abel mean? Well, Abel means uh, exhortation. That which ascends. And now I kept looking and it means breath, spirit. But it also means nothing. It means nothingness and sorrow. <laughs> That's what his name means. And so what we see is, is Abel comes with a heart of sorrow, heart of humility. 
And he says, Lord, what I've got is not really, it's nothing to you. But I'll give it anyway because you deserve it. He comes with a spiritual offering, not a physical offering. Aware of his own flaws. Aware that the price can never be paid. Does that make sense? And this is the heart that God wants us to come with our offering to him. See, Cain comes with the toil of the ground and presents his hard work to God. Look, here. Abel offers the blood of something that he didn't create. Does that make sense? That's his offering. Cain comes in the light of his own self-righteousness and Abel comes hiding behind the blood. Cain offers to God his own pride and Abel comes hiding behind the cross. That's the only place you can, that's the only way you can offer anything good up to God. That's the only way. Cain comes offering religion. Abel comes offering Jesus in faith. And the thing we start to realise is God was happy with one and he was completely dismissive of the other. I mean, for me, this is revelationary. I don't know about you, but if, if I'm thinking about giving, God isn't measuring how much I give. He's not... The, the measure of, 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 isn't in percentages or values or, or, or anything. The, the measure of what I give to God is my heart alone. And the only acceptable offering is what? Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's the only offering you can give. That's all you've got of value. I'm telling you right now, there's, there, we have so much in this world, but none of it's of value. Only Jesus is of value and you've got him. And don't underestimate it. You've got something worth giving to other people. You've got something worth offering up to God. Don't offer your, don't offer your, your own hard work up to God. Offer Jesus back up to him. Offer a humble heart. Offer your sacrifice. Does that make sense? How about this? God, what I've got isn't of me anyway. And I don't own it. Will you get hold of that heart? Everything that I have, God, isn't because I've done something, but because you've done something for me. I couldn't do it in and of myself. And when the Lord asked me to give it, I'll just give him back what he gave me. Are we willing to have that heart over what we have? You know, you've got so much, you might think, oh, I haven't got anything. Well, sure, if you want to think in monetary terms, maybe you don't have anything, but you've got something much more precious within you that you've got to offer, and that's Jesus Christ. You've got tons to offer. <laughs> what you've got to offer is real weighty 
and can make a real impact in somebody else's life. Now, let's have a look. This is what I've written. The only relevant measure is your heart before the Lord. Not, not values, not percentage, not what you have left. The amount is God's word. So when you're thinking about, what do I give? How much do I give? The amount is God's word to you. What did God say to you to give? That's all you've got to worry about. You haven't got to worry about anything else apart from what did God say to you to give? The measuring unit, the measurement unit is Jesus Christ. And the measuring tool that you have available to you is this. The Holy Spirit, through your conscience. It will allow you to measure how you're doing. It will tell you, no, no, that wasn't enough. I always say, you need to stop now. You need to pull back. This is, the, this is the conclusion that I've come to, okay? The only currency that I have is God's favour. And I'm going to make sure I share it with everybody. When it comes to giving, I can't afford not to give. I understand that I'm living by God's favour and grace and nothing else. Nothing that I have attained, nothing that I've done. God has the right to remove his favour from me any time he likes. Because I didn't deserve it anyway. Are you in that position? I didn't deserve his favour anyway. And you can, he, he, he can pull it back. And I, I would have to say, well, look, you're fully within your rights, God. I don't deserve what you've given me. Uh, and you know... We're, you're always going to be battle, battling this sense within yourself that, wait, not always, maybe the Lord will liberate you from it. A, but, but, but I deserve it. I deserve something. I've earned it. I've worked hard for this. And I want you just to consider for a minute that all you have is not because of what you've done, but because of what he's done. Did you decide what your IQ was? Did you decide what family you got put in? What type of upbringing you got? You didn't decide that. God decided that. Who decided what capacity you've got to work hard or to keep pushing or to be healthy? Who decided to accept you for the job that you've got? Was it you? No, it's by God's grace. Who's in charge of the oxygen that you breathe in every day? Who's making sure that your lungs function? Are you? Or are you just breathing? If God pulls his favour away from you, I'll tell you what, I'm in trouble. Because I know that I'm living by the grace of God. And there's many, there's many of us out there who don't realise that we're living by the grace of God. But God's brought me into this place where I do realise it. Well, and how does this affect my giving? Oh, this affects my giving massively. I can't afford not to give. You know, like I can't sit back and say, oh, well, Lord, you've blessed me. Well, I've worked hard and I suppose I deserve it. And, you know, I'll give, I'll give my 10%. That's not how the law works. It, 
you know, <clears throat> when the Lord's speaking to you and asking you to do something, I'm just, I just want to encourage you. You know, fear the Lord. You better do it. You know, if he's just putting that little knock on your heart saying, give, give. Don't hold back. Don't give half of what he asks you to give. Give it all. I just, I just want you to consider Jesus. Frivolous Jesus. And <laughs> one thing that Jesus was 100% completely cocksure of was that he had a limitless supply of everything. We cannot feel like that sometimes. <laughs> well, I, 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 need to, I need to calculate how much I, I'll have because what about tomorrow? Jesus won't bother about tomorrow. In fact, he said, don't give any thought to tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own problems. Think about today. You don't need to calculate how much you need for tomorrow if you believe that God is going to supply what you need to tomorrow because he loves you and because he's got ample supply that he can give at any time. Now, if you don't think that God loves you or you don't have any faith in him, well, you might need to make sure you put something away. I've made a diagram and I just want you to, for a moment, just start to think in your mind how giving could work and does work sometimes uh, and how we can enter into this wonderful freedom that Jesus has available for us. Okay? Now, I want to just consider giving for a moment. Okay? Uh, there's me on the left and there's uh, potentially some, some people or uh, the church or whatever it is, okay, that you're going to give to, okay? Now, <clears throat> normally what we do is we give to people, or to church, okay? And I've put the word transactional giving there. I don't know if you can see that. Um, but transactional giving is very much, um, there's something attached to the way that we give. When you give, you, you feel a bit invested in that, 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 well, if I give you a tenner, I want to make sure you do something good with it, you know. Well, you know, if, 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 you, if, you, if I give you a tenner, you know, I expect you to say thank you. You know, like, it, there's, it's a little bit transactional, however much we sometimes think that it's not, but it is, a little bit. Does that make sense? Okay? So what we find is that with transactional giving, strings are attached. Okay? Now, inevitably, okay, in this model, see if this works. Has it stopped working, Joe? Ah, there you go. <coughs> people let you down. Anyone experience that? Hands up, show of hands. You've given to people and they've let you down. Yeah, it happens, doesn't it? What about this? You give to the church and they don't do what you wanted them to do with the money. Or someone steals from, from the church money and you feel, oh, that's awful, isn't it? And, and, and yet, all of a sudden, that string becomes a weight. And we're not free anymore in our giving. Because they say, oh, well, next time, next time I'll have to think twice when it comes to giving. Next time, I'm not sure if I will give to those people. I don't know if they deserve it. Or, or even worse, well, I want my money back. Or, I can't believe I wasted a half a day helping that person. 
that make sense? And I want us to start trying to think differently. And this is why I've, I've given this story about Cain and Abel and the offering. Because there's another way to give which is absolutely liberating. And I understand that my model isn't perfect, okay? And you may find some flaws in it, but that's all right. Let's put God in the mix, okay? Make, instead of making a transactional giving to people, why don't you make an offering to God? Does that make sense? And we want to make sure that it's Abel's offering and not Cain's offering. Does that make sense? And then God will get hold of that offering and he'll blow it up. Now, here we go. Let's have a little look. String is attached to God now, not to others. And God pours out his blessing. Isn't that amazing? He pours out his blessing on other people through your offering, but your offering is to him. The string is to him. Boom. Jesus doesn't let you down. He doesn't come up short morally. He doesn't make the wrong decision. Uh, and what we see is that this way of thinking, of aligning our heart, is a, creates a deeper relationship with God through growing in faith. It's when you give to God and he blows it up and he does something great with it. Your faith grows and your confidence grows. But how about this? What about when you give to God and then he blesses other people and they let you down? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? Because you've got no attachment to them. You didn't give it to them. You gave it to God. So who cares if they mistreat what you've given? You, the, the, the deal is between you and God. You're free. You're free from other people. You're free from what they think. You're free from what they do with what you've given them. Amen? Uh, and now I want to say sometimes the string to God is first. <laughs> the relationship comes and then the offering comes. Uh, and sometimes the offering comes and the relationship comes. And it's a circle. And really I should have had a little thing that did that. But... I hope it starts to make sense in, in, in your head and in your heart that this could be absolutely liberating for you. Now, I just, I just want to get hold of some other concepts that I've found and, and I really enjoy. Now, I just want you to think conceptually here. If the measure for giving was water, okay, if the measure, and, I, and what I'm talking about here is this bit here. Now, I want to concentrate just on this bit here. It's back and forward here, up here, down here, up here, down here, like that, okay? If the measure of how that is happening in your life is, if the measure was water, this is God's giving to you. This is God's giving to you. And, and just to take a moment to take it in, that is God pouring out water on you. He's given you his, his son, his only son, his perfect son. He's, he's given you... Forgiveness and mercy. He's given you eternal life for eternity. A new heart. Joy and peace. These things, even on this earth, you can't do better than joy and peace. All these things he's given you are available to you. And I've put in any other blessings. Alright, okay, you might have a good job. You might have some other good stuff. But they're just a byproduct. This is the real deal up here. And this is how God pulls out. And do you know what? Sometimes we're like, Lord... I want to bless you. I want to pour out my offering. 
There we go. <laughs> Does that make sense? Lord, I want to pour out my offering. And the Lord's like, well, thank you very much. Now how about this, when you consider this. You know like when your children give you a present that they made? Hmm? You provided them with the money for the materials for the present. You showed them how to read and write to write in, the pres- to write in this thing that they've made. You fed them this morning so that they had the energy. You sat them at the table. You can make a much better one yourself. In fact, you can go and buy one. But that doesn't matter, does it? Because you love it anyway. Because they've come and they love you and they've made something just to show you that they, uh, they love you and you love that. But now if they came and they made a quick one, gave it to you, because now you owe them something. You'd be like, hang on a minute, mate. You don't, and your heart doesn't love that, does it? Your heart is irritated by that. Your heart doesn't accept that. <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> and this is, this is how God is with us. He wants a love offering. He's not interested in what you can do. <laughs> he doesn't need your money. You know, I was thinking about this, you know, like, um, he doesn't need my £10 note. You know, he can, make a, he can make a tiger. He can make a tsunami. He can wipe out a nation. He can make a hurricane. He can make a beetle. He doesn't need my £10 note. He can make the stars in the sky. But what he does want is my love offering. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and you know what? We can be like, well, I'm a super giver. <laughs> Simon, 10 years ago, how was that? <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? You look at that and you're like, and you know this one's coming and you just think, oh, Lord, let my pride just get absolutely smashed away. Don't let me be prideful when I'm giving. Let me give to other people and don't worry if I get anything back because I know what you've given me. Amen? That's, that's the Lord's heart. So, you know, you can be liberated. And uh, we can go, oh, well, we're really giving church. Are we? Amen? Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not belittling anything. I'm just saying the Lord is there. Look at him. You know, and uh, <clears throat> it's super exciting. I just want to leave you with a couple of things. I just want to show you what Jesus is like. Um, Certain principles that Jesus operated with, which are just incredible, really. The thing I worked out was Jesus didn't have anything. He didn't have anything. He didn't have a house. He he certainly didn't have a bicycle. He didn't didn't have any jewellery. He had one out. He had one, one tunic didn't have anything. But yet he was just dishing it out, wasn't he? And he was given something that was almost, he wasn't entitled to give. Uh, he was given things that were completely immeasurable. And that's what the Lord is asking you to give. He doesn't care about quantities. The Lord wants you to give love. He wants to give your time. He wants you to give 
forgiveness. He wants you to give mercy. Sometimes he wants you to give discipline. So like little kids. <laughs> he wants you to give. And there are certain things that you can't measure. Now God is saying, these are the things that I want you to give. And now we'll see this, this spirit of Abel is, is in Jesus. Let's look at the feeding of the 5,000. The way in which Jesus gives. <clears throat> there are, now bear in mind, Jesus has been giving for, this is the, the, the most intense 24 hours of Jesus' life, well, apart from when he's on the cross in the Bible. He had been from pillar to post. He's been preaching all day. You know, after I preach, yeah, I'll go home and I like to have a little nap on the, the, the sofa and think about, oh, I've given a lot and I feel so tired. But Jesus has been preaching back to back and people have just been following and hounding him. And, he, and it says he took, he took pity on them. He had compassion for them and he kept preaching. And then they were sitting down. And, uh, and what you have to understand is it. Everybody gets to the end of themselves. And I don't think preachers or ministers are any different. I think there's a point where they say, okay, I've had enough now. I just want to go home. Uh, and, and, and then they start saying, well, well, the people are going hungry. We're out in the middle of nowhere. We need, to, we need to do something here. And Jesus says, are you feeding? And... Uh, <clears throat> And, and this is the, the wonderful thing that I love. The disciples try to manage the situation. They start looking at what resources they've got available to them and how much they could give or how, oh, we haven't got enough. They start looking in this, this giving to them is very practical. But to Jesus, it's completely spiritual. It, it's completely heart-orientated. This little boy comes up with five fish, I'm going to get this wrong, five fish and two loaves. I've got that back to front. I have, haven't I? I get it every time. What is it? Three fishes and five loaves. Five loaves, two fishes. There we go. All right. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and it says, here, this is my packed lunch. This is, what, this is everything I've got. There you go, Jesus. Can you do something with it? <laughs> Amen. And this is what Jesus is asking you. That's all he wants from you. Is your packed lunch if that's all you've got? Now this, this young boy's faith, this young boy's faith is just amazing, isn't it? He's like, Here you go, Jesus, can you do something with it? And the disciples must have gone, look, you're young, you're young, okay? Like, that's one pack, what are we supposed to be able to do with that? Okay? And um, this, is, this, is the, this is the beautiful moment. Jesus takes the bread, okay? And he breaks it. And he offers it up to the Lord. And he hands it out. So Jesus himself, he fed 5,000, didn't he? But he didn't really, because what he did is he just made an offering unto God. He just broke it, gave it to the Lord, and let the Lord do the rest. Isn't that amazing? So the boy, what the boy did was take what he had, give it to Jesus, and let Jesus do the rest. Jesus took what the boy gave, gave it to God, and let God do the rest. And this is a pattern that Jesus uses over and over again. You just think, well, wow, what freedom, what liberty. I can just hand out stuff. You know, you're entitled to that in Jesus Christ. You know, this is the spirit of Abel that we need to have. Oh, God, you're Abel, not me. 
I'll just give you what I've got. I love this. You know this story? This is an old woman, and she gives two mites. Now, Jesus, what I love about Jesus is he knew they'd gone there and he'd sitting and they were watching, they were watching the, the giving box. Jesus was sitting there with the disciples, just sitting there, waiting for something like that. And then the people come with, uh, see these guys here in the, in the right? They come with Cain's heart, haven't they? Oh, well, Lord, you know, thank you that you've blessed me. And I just like to give all my silver coins. Oh, look, there we go. Look what I'm bringing from what I've got. And this, this woman, she comes and says, well, I've just got two mites. Two little coins. That's all I've got. That's all I own. And I'm not showing anybody else because this is between me and the Lord. She's not gone for the transactional giving. She's gone for the offering. This is between me and the Lord. These two mites aren't going to make any difference compared to that guy's silver coins. But it doesn't matter because this is all I've got. I'm going to offer up to the Lord. And I, and I was thinking about this. What Those two mites that that woman offered have more impact in the world than, than millions and millions of pounds. Because actually, she gets talked about every single day of every single year by thousands of people. You think about the amount of sermons that have been preached on that story, the amount of people who are talking about it, the millions of Christians who have been impacted by her two little coins. Because what Jesus does is he takes what you bring and he gives it to God and God blows it up. I just, it, I'm in awe of it really. I'm in awe of God. And I can see in my heart what he wants from me. He's not interested in anything I've got. And, uh, but he loves me. Uh, and I just want to encourage you. If you want to be free, <laughs> don't worry about Rambo. There we go. Think about that. Amen.